Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa. The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Powder Blue Review. I am your host, Michael Peterson. If you guys haven't yet, it's the end of the season. I'd like to think you've done this already, but if you haven't, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z O N E T R A C K S. Follow the Twitter podcast handle as well at PB Review Podcast. And if you haven't checked out boltsfromtheblue.com, that is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers blog, where I am the deputy manager. And since the offseason, this is the time where a lot of the creativity and originality and the best content I think that we put out as a website starts to get uh, revved up. So if you haven't checked out that website yet, get acquainted with it. Get acquainted with our writers. Follow everyone on Twitter if you can to stay up to date on what we're doing because it's it's officially draft season, right? There, there's no playoffs, unfortunately, for the Chargers this year, um, but draft season is a big deal. It is where I do a lot of my favorite stuff as well. I scout, um, have been to the Senior Bowl the last couple of seasons where I kind of do the scouting for that game, the college football game. Uh, four bolts from the blue. I'm um, unfortunately will not make it this year, but still have tons of plans for NFL draft content this off season. And then all that accumulates to our live draft show that we put on for the NFL draft, where me and a bunch of the writers for BFTB get together and essentially kind of just get together via Google Hangout or some form of streaming service and essentially just watch the draft with you guys, giving our own commentary. Um, and a lot of people have found that to be really nice and, and much more enjoyable than listening to the generic stuff that your normal ESPN analysts uh, tend to put out. So that's just a quick look at things to, to kind of look forward to this season. But today's show, guys, uh, we're going to go over the Chiefs game and you know find our silver linings, find any memorable moments that we, we'd like to kind of hold tight and remember. Uh, but for the most part, it was another loss. The team finished the season with, I think, three straight losses uh, following the game at Jacksonville. And we all kind of knew this was the way the year was looking kind of around the halfway point, man. We looked at, you know, we got to that that bye in week 12. We saw a record and we thought, you know, looking at the next, I think it was the last five games of the season. And I didn't see a lot of wins. I think the only wins I saw were Jacksonville and the Broncos. And obviously the Broncos game did not go as we would have liked either. And the team was officially swept by the entire AFC West. Two losses to the Broncos, Chiefs, and Raiders. Only kind of added more salt on the wound from this season that was, again, lost uh, honestly way earlier than any of us would have liked. But uh, we're going to go ahead and kind of look at the Chiefs game. Uh, what's going down here is Philip Rivers had himself an all right game to possibly finish his career. Only fittingly right, he threw an interception on what could be his last NFL pass, or at least his last pass with the Chargers. He finished 31 of 46 through the air for 281 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, looked fine in this one, his first interception um, Blanken was a, a jump ball kind of on this this corner route into the end zone uh, to Mike Williams, but unfortunately Mike Williams mistimed his jump, and to be totally honest, it was a lame duck of a pass. 
if you check the Twitter sphere right after that interception, everyone's kind of said the same thing. Like that ball just hung up there. And Teron Matthew, who's 5'9", and remember Mike Williams is 6'4", Teron Matthew, Matthew, excuse me, was able to get the better of Williams, skied up, got higher than Williams at the point of attack and came away with the ball. Matthew is a phenomenal player, but at the end of the day, your 6'4 wide receiver who was taken in the first round just a couple of years ago needs to be able to come down with that ball. But it was just a bad cocktail, right? Just a bunch of bad ingredients, missed time, bad ball, good athlete in defense of uh, in defensive position for the ball. All that kind of stuff was just unfortunate. And his f- second and final interception was to Brad Sorensen. And what's funny is literally that's how the, the first game against the Chiefs ended in Mexico City. Brad Sorensen picked off a pass uh, to end that one as well. So it was just a lot of full circle stuff. A lot of stuff coming full circle and leaving you with a weird, weird uh, feeling of being content, right? But uh, moving on, other players, uh, Melvin Gordon, 14 carries for 46 yards, one touchdown, one short plunge. Um, Melvin, excuse me, six catches, (laughs) 76 yards through the air, Um, was actually more productive than Austin Eckler in this one in terms of uh, yards from scrimmage, had over 100 yards. Uh, what does that equal? 110, 122 yards from scrimmage, 46 and 76 combined, and the one score. Austin Eckler. Now, this was the biggest disappointment and was such a tough way to, to end the season because, you know, Allen got his benchmark of 100 catches over 1,000 yards. Mike Williams got his first 1,000 yard season receiving. And Eckler came into this game 50 yards shy of also being a 1,000-yard receiver. He finished with 43 yards on nine catches. So he was fed early and often by Phillip Rivers, but Gordon somehow took away or probably got a few of those catches that Austin Eckler usually does, hence the six catches for 76, compared to Austin Eckler's nine catches for only 43 yards. Austin Eckler also rushed the football nine times for 46 yards and not find the end zone in the final game of the season. Just shitty. It would have been really cool to, to see Eckler get that because he deserves it. Of course he deserves to, to reach a big milestone like that and also join Williams and Keenan as uh, you know a trio of 1,000-yard receivers for the season. Just sucks because he did so much this season. You know He was snubbed for the Pro Bowl. I just wish he would have been able to get that benchmark. Um, there is always next season, and if Gordon is obviously gone, I wouldn't be surprised to see Eckler kind of push for 1,000 yards receiving again and probably be a little heftier in the rushing yards category as well. Keenan Allen finished strong this game, nine catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown was his sixth of the season, and it's been this running joke through the entire season that he's probably going to end up with six touchdowns because that's exactly what he had last season and the season before that. And he started this season with three straight games of a touchdown. So, you know, three weeks in, he has three touchdowns. And you're like, okay, cool. Of course he's going to beat six touchdowns. Like, he's just absolutely on fire. How are you going to go three games, you know, get a score each each of those games, and then go the next 13 games and only score three more? That's... Uh, that's kind of been Allen though as well. He's very streaky. He hasn't broken six touchdowns since his rookie season. And unfortunately, that's just the way this year went. This year seemed different. And then it's never different. It is always a little bit the same in some of those bad ways. 
Uh, his touchdown was awesome, though. His touchdown was this leaping, diving, kind of acrobatic catch, and he was able to get his feet down. I think at one point, his entire body looked parallel to the ground. So that's just showing off Allen's elite athleticism, body control, and the ability to make the tough catch. Mike Williams was quiet in this one. He had one big catch, but he only finished with a pair of catches for 38 yards. Uh, no score. And that is about it with Williams. You, you only wish he was targeted. A little bit more. That's going to be something we look back on in this season. And really kind of hate to see. He should have been targeted more. He had 90 targets on the year. I think he only had 43 catches. 43 or 47 catches. um, For 1,001 yards. So just barely got over that 1,000 yard plateau. Would have loved to see the touchdowns increase um, from two. You know, he had 10 11 total, but 10 receiving touchdowns in 2018 to this year. Hopefully, there is some sort of a bounce back uh, for Mike Williams, at least in the touchdown category. And then Hunter Henry, our young star tight end, five catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown catch was awesome. He caught it at, I think, the, I want to say the five or four yard line and really ran his feet and was able to, before he hit the dirt, before he was brought down, he was able to fully extend the ball out, and he kind of, pardon me, who, kind of looked like uh, what's smooth criminal Michael Jackson with the way he he somehow managed to keep his his shins and his knees off the ground as he fully extended uh, his right arm out and got the ball across the pylon. Um, huge, huge, huge for Henry, and again finished strong after missing all of last season and missing a good portion of this season. He did set career highs in yards and catches this year which is again is phenomenal um his career high in touchdowns is eight that he had his rookie season so that's always going to be a number he will likely chase uh for years to come defensively for the chargers no real defensive standouts uh probably the biggest one is just derwin james he only had he led the team with seven total tackles had a half tackle for loss but his impact in just how he played really you have to watch the film Um, He cleaned up so many tackles, and I've never seen a defender on the Chargers, at least this year I did not, anyone have the the same click and close speed that Derwin James does. For him, uh, the speed, the mental speed to react to certain plays, to make decisions, and then stick his foot in the ground and go, that dude closes on so many flat routes and short routes, and he stops everybody in their tracks. There's no yards after the carry or after the catch when it comes to Derwin James. He's phenomenal and he just lays the wood and every time you hear that pop of the pads. I am so excited about Derwin James. He was really kind of an afterthought this season due to how much time he missed and he couldn't will the Chargers defense to help them win games when he came back. So really this season is a wash. Uh, I think we can all probably agree with that. Drew Tranquil, second on the team with six total tackles. Same with Denzel Perryman. Joey Bosa, three total tackles, only two QB hits, no sacks or tackles for loss. Adrian Phillips, two tackles. Jerry Tillery, one tackle, which was a tackle for loss. Uh, And then Mike Davis, two tackles, two passes defended, and an interception on Patrick Mahomes. Now, again, no big real, no real big splash plays other than the the interception. They had a couple wiped out from, from penalties, offside penalties which is an absolute bummer, but they did get one on Mahomes. They were the only team this year to hold him under 200 yards passing, and they did it twice. So, you know, there's a silver lining for the defense and something hopefully they can build on in future years because, again, they will have to play Mahomes twice uh, for the foreseeable future. 
Now, as far as Patrick Mahomes' numbers in this one, again, weren't really spectacular. He didn't need to be super spectacular against this Chargers team due to their lack of tackling and overall ineptitude of being a football team. Uh, 16 passes on 25 attempts, 174 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, just a ho-hum game for him, nothing really to see here. But Damian Williams was the star. Now, Damian Williams only had 12 carries, but he took those for 124 yards and two touchdowns. And that includes an 84-yard touchdown where it was like this outside like sweep to the left. And he got hit by a couple chargers, and it was near the sideline. So some of the other chargers that were in pursuit kind of stopped when they saw two or three bodies surrounding Williams. Well, somehow Williams managed to stay on his feet. And at that moment, all the other Chargers defenders in the, the immediate area stopped and like came to a standstill because they just assumed he either A, went out of bounds, or two, was taken to the ground. There was a mass of people kind of covering him uh, from the other side of the field. So, so people just kind of made an assumption. Well, he didn't go down whatsoever. And while everyone was standing still, he kept his feet moving and then was able to spring out of that little mess straight up the field, up the left sideline for an 84-yard touchdown run, and no one touched him after that point. It was incredibly embarrassing. It was an absolute pathetic attempt at a defense just trying to be a defense. And it just followed suit with everything else that has gone wrong with this Chargers team. I don't know how else to, to explain that one. Because later on in the game, when Williams scored his second touchdown, it was kind of the same thing. The team just like made contact with Williams, but no one made the extra effort to bring him down, to completely wrap him up and keep him from gaining any yards after contact. Because the second one was a, a much shorter touchdown. I think it was like a 10-yard run or less um, up the right side. But yes, broke a couple tackles and somehow sprang and barely made it into the end zone. I think he went to the end zone with his back towards uh, the goal line just because of how he was getting hit and spun around and, and was able to keep his uh, footing. So Williams had a great day. Uh, just a bummer. Just a bummer because Williams had a long touchdown run against the Chargers in Mexico City earlier this season, which was also embarrassing to see. Uh, Tyreek Hill, they did a good job of keeping Hill under wraps, except for a 44-yard bomb late in the game that really kind of helped the Chiefs put uh, the Chargers away. And what sucked about this one was that Hill was being covered by Drew Tranquil. Now, it was impressive to see Drew Tranquil run with Hill kind of stride for stride down the field. Hill just had a, a step or two with him. But the way Tranquil was that close to him was super, super impressive. But obviously, there was some sort of a blown coverage. There's no way that Tranquil should have ever been on Tyreek Hill, correct? But that's the Gus Bradley special, unfortunately, because years ago when he was still with Jacksonville, Bradley was uh, trying to guard Keenan Allen with Paul Pazluzny, who at the time was a very veteran linebacker. And we saw then that that was such a stupid thing to do, yet we hired that guy and, and, and got that same treatment. So such a bummer. Um, very, very annoying to see, but still managed to limit Hill to just four catches for 61 yards. Uh, Nicole Hardman, the rookie wide receiver out of Georgia, was exactly what he needed to be in this game. He only had one catch uh, for 30 yards, but he took a kickoff, 104 yards for a touchdown, and it was the play right after who scored? I think it was when Melvin Gordon barged into the end zone for the Chargers to take, I think, a 14-10 to 10 lead. The Chiefs come back with this 104-yard kickoff return and uh, turn it into a 17-14 Chiefs lead. 
Hardman's super fast, and it just showed the the regression that our special teams has had from last season to this season. Wasn't good at all. Super painful to watch, um, to be totally honest. And then Demarcus Robinson, a guy who had four or five catches in the last four or five games, was left wide open. Another another coverage blown by this defense for a 24-yard touchdown, the first score of the game for the Chiefs. Again, something just super frustrating. I think it was uh, Rayshon Jenkins took a bad angle, something along those lines. At least Jenkins was the closest defender to the receiver at the time. Uh, can't have that. A guy who was basically shut out of the offense for four or five games, almost two months, um, being able to catch a touchdown in this one. Just super frustrating, but again, that's a Chargers thing. And then Travis Kelsey uh, was matched up with Derwin James most of this game, and Derwin does what Derwin does. He eliminates opposing tight ends, even all pro tight ends like Kelsey. He finished this game just with three catches, 424 yards, and no scores. Defensively for the Chiefs, Anthony Hitchens, former Iowa Hawkeye, actually went to school with him. Led the team in tackles with 10, had two tackles for loss. Teran Matthews, seven total tackles, two passes defended, and that interception on Rivers. Javarius Ward also had seven total tackles, one pass defended. And then uh, pass rushing trio of Terrell Suggs, Frank Clark, and Chris Jones all had two tackles, one tackle for loss, and a sack on Phillip Rivers. Uh, Huge, huge, huge for the Chiefs to be able to get that pressure because they had three sacks while the Chargers had none on Patrick Mahomes, and that pass rush, as you all know, makes games a lot easier to win. Have you guys ever seen an untucked button-down? They look bad. But why do they look bad? It's because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Now take it from a guy who used to play college football and has always kind of had a different looking body, shaped differently, right? You've got a narrower waist, but um, shoulders that are super broad, and maybe you're not super slim down the middle because you still kind of got some of that plain weight around. You need stuff that isn't super thin through the middle, but but also broad enough near the top. Um, that athletic fit, just something to, to feel right. Because for the most part, nothing ever feels just right. But you can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-down, super soft flannels, outerwear, and a bunch more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. As always, I like to finish the first podcast of the week, and, and this honestly being the end of the regular season, we will go back to a single podcast each week. Um, I'm going to finish it up with Serger Static. You know, this is my little bit where I talk about three players who did really well during the game or surged forward with their play, and three players that stayed static or, you know, didn't do themselves any favors with how they played in their most recent game. And this one's pretty straightforward. I already talked about some of the guys um, who surged forward, and, and the first one being Derwin James. 
since he came back, this defense has looked different. And I'm not going to say they've been so much better, but it just looks different. Like It looks a little bit faster. Um, there's a lot of maybe run plays and, and, and short plays that, that don't go for as, as many yards after the initial catch or run because Derwin James is, is there to stop it. He has led the team or been second on the team in tackles, I think, in every game since his return. And in this one, he did lead the team with seven tackles. He just looks so fast and ahead of the game out there in terms of, you know, compared to the rest of the players on the field. He is the type of guy that you really, 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 really try and keep and help build your defense around. You know, he was a first-team All-Pro selection and a Pro Bowler as a rookie in his first year of the NFL, and he's continued to look like that type of player. Secondly, I have Keenan Allen. Nine catches for 82 yards and a score. The score was super, super cool. Very athletic grab by him, and he finished the season strong following a, a really strong start to the season as well. Maybe had a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season. Part of that could be due to, to Philip Rivers' play, but uh, he did everything he could to end on a strong note and kind of get back again to that six-touchdown uh, threshold that he can't seem to shake. Uh, so he, he's in the prime of his career. He's going to, to continue to be one of the best receivers in the NFL, regardless if it is Philip Rivers or somebody else throwing him the ball next year and beyond. And thirdly, Hunter Henry. Kind of the same thing, guys. He missed some time to start the season, came back strong following his plateau uh, to be a fracture. Five catches, 42 yards, and a score in this one. I already talked about the play, the extension, his ability to get yards after contact. Still one of the best young tight ends in the NFL. And same thing as Allen. I think he's going into his prime. He's only getting better. And regardless of who's throwing him the ball, he will be one of the best weapons on this offense for as long as the Chargers decide to keep him around. Now, the surge side of things, there's really not much to get into because no one really had that great of a game um, besides the three that I mentioned. But I got to turn to some defensive players, and those guys include Denzel Perriman and Rayshon Jenkins. Denzel Perriman because he is still missing far too many tackles. Still is. He wasn't the, the huge reinforcement to the run game as I thought he would be when he finally came back full and healthy this season. Misses too many tackles, like I've said. It's still not that great in coverage, and I think this defense cannot have def uh, linebackers, guys who are calling the defense, who their best strength is stopping the run and are a liability in coverage. He's still a 5'10", 5'11", linebacker. He's not, you know, some really good guy. Like, like Chris Borland is like a guy that comes to mind as a small linebacker who gets the job done. Um, he retired way too early, and he was a very young, promising linebacker for the 49ers before he decided to call it a career, before he got uh, too hurt, especially when it comes to the whole CTE scare. But Denzel Perryman, I just don't think he's the answer. I just can't. He's not a versatile defender. He is literally just uh, put him in the middle of the defense, and hopefully he does something right, linebacker. And that's not what this Chargers team needs going forward. Secondly, I have Rayshon Jenkins. Again, he's taken so many bad angles, tackling attempts that are piss poor. He is f too far away from people that supposedly at least look like they are his responsibility in the passing game. Again, all these things add up to scores allowed, extra yards allowed when there shouldn't be plays needed to have been stopped. You know, he, it can't happen anymore, and I don't see him being a starting safety on this team next year if Nasir Adderley can come back and be the free safety that the Chargers drafted him to be. Lastly, I just have Trent Scott. 
Uh, he was forced to play a lot this year. And while PFF has his grades, at least at right tackle, as some of the best at the position, I don't think that tells the whole tale with him. He looks so much worse at, at left tackle, so he's definitely not going to be this team's left tackle at all. But he had way too many penalties in a limited, like, in spot duty, I guess is what I'm trying to say, where, you know, he had to come in for a couple plays while a guy was hurt or something like that. And literally, it's like always the first play he's in, false start. Like, that happened multiple times this year. Holding, false starts, just random stuff that helped kill drives and get the team behind the chains. You can't keep an offensive lineman like that. And even as a depth piece, he's a former undrafted free agent from an HBCU school, not a mid-major, not a power five conference. It's just, it's not what you want for your NFL offensive line. And uh, that's looking like it's my time for the show. Pardon me. Uh, my cat's screaming at me, sitting here trying to claw the door out. I got it locked in here. Um, so apologies, but that about wraps things up, guys. Um, quick and dirty show. Actually, a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. I think I kind of went on little bit of a tangent here and there but appreciate you guys stopping in like i said this is going to be the episode for this week and i will come back strong uh probably going to start some form of a series with the next handful of episodes whether that's diving back into draft content or or something along those lines just something to to start filling the void that is this off season um, but really appreciate you guys stopping in again, wherever you guys listen to podcasts, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, anywhere at all, um, subscribe, like punch that subscribe button, five-star review. If you can tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Hit me up on Twitter again at zone tracks. Just talk to me. Let's, let's start a conversation. Anything at all that you guys want to talk when it comes to chargers ball. Um, I would absolutely love to hear from you we got a whole nother year in front of us, and I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if every single one of you was along for the ride. Uh, but as always, this has been Michael Peterson, your host, and I will see you guys next week.